Welcome to Houston Sports Talk with your host, Robert Land. Thanks for checking into the best Houston sports podcast. And back for his weekly visit is our NFL and fantasy football expert, Andy Rio, who's covered fantasy for nearly 20 years. And I missed you during World Series week, Andy, but it was a pretty good excuse for a bye week. What was it like getting stuck last Thursday watching the Texans run defense and not being able to turn to another game? Did you your eyes bleed at all during that? Oh, no, I was interested in how the football game got. As you know, I mean, I'm not really much of a baseball fan anymore. So I was uh, totally in on the football oh. and everything. And yeah. it's, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it. I didn't expect anything great from them. They made it a more competitive game than people would have thought. But in the end, uh, the Eagles were expected to win and they got the job done. Yeah, that run defense is hard to watch for the Texans. And believe it or not, Andy, I thought Davis Mills and the Texans offense looked about as good as I've seen this year, I might not have impressed the national people, but that's about as good as they've looked. Yeah, I, I mean, they had their moments. I mean, he did about as good as, you know, he could expect uh, with his two top receivers out of action. But uh, it, it just shows that they still have a lot of work to do. And, um, you know, I still think in the end that if they uh, lose most of the rest of their games and can get a higher quarterback prospect, it may be for the best. Speaking of wide receivers missing, uh, POWs, MIA, whatever, what did you think of Brandon Kyrie Irving Cooks? <laughs> I don't know if I would go that far in giving him that nickname, but uh, certainly he's disgruntled right now. And, and you know, I, in some ways, I don't blame the guy. I mean, he wants to play for a winner. That's obviously not going to happen right now with the Texans. Uh, I think he was hoping to go somewhere where he could have an opportunity to win. I mean, the bottom line is, that, you know, for fantasy, he's definitely uh, a bust at this point. And, you know, who knows what's going to happen with him going forward. I mean, the good news for the Texans on Wednesday is that Nico Collins is back at practice. So um, we may see down the stretch that Nico Collins cements his role as the top receiver on the team. I mean, taking away Cooks, he's certainly the most talented of the group. And if he's out there in your league, he may be worth a flyer, especially if you can just stash him on the bench for a while. I certainly wouldn't be in a rush to start him. But now there's more intrigue with Nico Collins than there was before. Yeah, Brandon Cooks has got a long way to go to be Kyrie, but just this, you know, deciding that you don't want to play for a week or what. I mean, oh, I'm upset that the Texans aren't good. Well, then don't, you know, don't renew the contract. Uh, me and Sean were talking about that on the show the other day. What are your thoughts on this Giants game? Is Saquon Barkley about the surest thing in fantasy football this week, Andy? Uh, he's really sure. That's for sure, I guess. <laughs> I mean, he he has the potential to be the number one overall running back of the week. Absolutely. I mean, the way uh, – offenses have just been going through the Texans. Uh, yeah, he's set up for a monster game. Uh, I think it also could be a week that if you need a streamer at quarterback, you could go with Daniel Jones. A couple of good quarterbacks are on by this week, Joe Burrow and Lamar Jackson. Uh, the only worry I have with Jones is, is you're going to have to get the rushing yardage from him because that's where his uh, production usually comes from. And that may mostly go to Barkley. So that just keep that in mind if you're streaming uh, Daniel Jones, the Giants defense would be a good play this week as well. Uh, at receiver, I mean, if you were really desperate, maybe you could take a flyer on Darius Slayton or Wandale Robinson, maybe 
uh, give them a whirl in you know daily fantasy or whatever. But at this point, I fully suspect that Barkley and the Giants' defense will probably produce the best in fantasy for New York. I know Damian Pierce is a must-play in fantasy, but do you think he can replicate at all what he did against the Eagles? You know, how does the Eagles' defense compare to the Giants' defense? Well, one of the top defensive linemen for Philadelphia was out. So uh, I think with Damian Pierce, he's capable of pretty much putting up big numbers on everyone. Uh, so I, I definitely think he's going to have a good day because he has to pretty much for the Texans to have any chance of success. I mean, you know, overall, uh, Philadelphia has, uh, you know, a, a better defense, obviously, than the Giants. But uh, I mean, New York can be had on the ground. It's going to be a close game, or do you think the Giants match up better than – because the Eagles, you know, that, that was closer than people thought, but they had a short week and some guys missing and stuff like – how do you see the Giants-Texans? Well, the Giants typically haven't been blowing teams out. I mean, they're obviously one of the NFL's uh, you know most pleasant surprises of the season, but they're not going out there and beating teams 37 to nothing. Uh, that said, they're coming off a bye – and, you know, the Texans have had a mini buy, but of course, the Giants are just simply the better team. I don't think New York is going to win this game like 44 to 10 or something crazy like that. But something like 23-13, 27-13, a margin of victory along those lines where the Texans keep it competitive for a time. But in the end, they don't really get that close to winning. That's kind of what I see happening. Just don't get cute. You run the ball against the Texans and you just don't stop. And the Eagles, they started off throwing the football and they're like, wait a second, we can do the same thing the Titans did in the second half. They decided to go on the ground. It's just some of these coaches get a little too cute, Andy. Well, the difference is it's Philadelphia just has overall better personnel in the passing game. I mean, Daniel Jones has been a nice surprise this year, but he's below the level of Jalen Hurts. They don't have an A.J. Brown. They don't have a Dallas Goddard. They don't have a Devontae Smith. Uh, I mean, the advantage, obviously, they have is Barkley would be higher than Miles Sanders. Miles Sanders is a good back, and he looked good when they gave him the ball. So, yeah, it, it should be a monster day for Saquon. Let's uh, remind everybody to subscribe, comment, like us on YouTube. It's the best way to support the show. If you're listening on audio, we love it over there. Just come over to YouTube, make a little comment. Uh, make sure you're subscribed. You don't even have to, I don't care if you, you get the notifications, but just subscribe. That would help us out a little bit and make sure to catch our live Texans giants postgame show with my co-host sports radio, Six Tens, Sean Bajani, as we do every week. And Andy, before we get into the major matchups, our friends in the AFC South, the Colts hired ex Colt Jeff Saturday as their head coach. People are not happy about this. What was your reaction? Well, utter shock, basically. I mean, you know, I wasn't terribly surprised that, that Frank Reich was let go. Uh, obviously, that organization was thrown quite a curveball when Andrew Luck retired, and they've just never been able to figure out the quarterback position. But, uh, you know, they have a couple of former head coaches on their staff, and for Jeff Saturday to just come out of nowhere, um, all I can do in terms of the Colts' perspective is – Quote uh, the movie Dodgeball. That's a bold strategy, Cotton. <laughs> He's likable, though. And, you know, you could do all the Saturday in the park Chicago jokes and stuff like that, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I, I just, I mean, I, you know, Indianapolis, uh, you know, has become pretty dysfunctional. I mean, I think in a division where the Texans are already dysfunctional, 
uh, that Jacksonville now, now may be the second least dysfunctional organization in the division. They're moving in the right direction. Obviously, uh, the Titans know what they're doing. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm just, I mean, I'm not sure how it's going to all shake out uh, for Indianapolis. But I, I think the bottom line more so than Saturday is that Sam Ellinger has really struggled since taking the reins at quarterback. Now, certainly the, you know, the Vegas is an easier matchup than New England was, but, uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, are they going to keep with him and just let him play through it and try to lose as many games as possible? Or are they going to think about actually going back to Matt Ryan or even Nick Foles? That's really, I think, the bottom line. As long as he continues to struggle, I'm not sure it really matters all that much who is coaching the Colts, but certainly I would have more confidence in if, if Reich was still employed because he has had some success at the NFL level, whereas obviously Saturday is a complete mystery. If you had the Colts hiring a high school coach before the Texans, you won the bet because everybody had the Texans hiring Cade McCown. It came that close from what I understand from happening. And uh, do you do, do you think Reich is the last coach fired midseason? Anybody else in imminent danger at this point? Well, I don't know if anybody is in imminent danger, but I certainly think there are some coaches that their seat is getting really hot or it's already gotten hot. Certainly Nathaniel Hackett in Denver. Uh, maybe he gets a little bit of a reprieve right now because, you know, they did trade away Bradley Chubb to Miami. So maybe the expectations are a little lower in Denver. Uh, you know, frankly, I mean, I think if Denver could upset Tennessee this week, they could get on a little mini run because they've got the Raiders in Carolina after that. Um, but I'm not sure they'll beat the Titans. So uh, I think his seat is definitely going to be hot because they had opportunities to win games earlier this year and lost them. Josh McDaniel could be a little bit on the hot seat in Las Vegas too, just simply because the Raiders continue to blow significant 17 to nothing leads in games. And he doesn't have the greatest reputation as a head coach anyways. Uh, certainly uh, one team that uh, I would think would be considering the season to be a disappointment is the Arizona Cardinals. And uh, I don't think they've really recovered from losing that wild card game to the Rams. I mean, Cliff Kingsbury, whatever you want to say about him, they had been making progress before he was hired. Obviously they had the worst record in the league, which enabled them to draft Tyler Murray first overall. And, you know, by 2020, they at least had improved uh, from 2018. They got to eight and eight, which, is a significant step forward. That was, of course, when the NFL still had the 16-game season. And then last year, they make the playoffs as a wild card, which, again, would have been considered, you know, on a good trajectory, except for the way they lost that game. They got destroyed by the Rams in that one. And I think there's just a hangover in Arizona. And I also think that, you know, at this point, uh, he's been figured out to some degree. So maybe the Cardinals, their buy is coming up a little bit later on. I believe it's in week 13. Maybe the Cardinals think about, uh, pulling the plug on Kingsbury at some point. Is it too mean to call Kyler Murray desert Johnny football? I think that's actually <laughs> completely inaccurate um, because we're talking okay. about, you know, a guy who has been a good quarterback. Uh, I mean, certainly you could say he's got some quirks, but he's also looked like an emerging superstar at times. Maybe he's not looking quite that good now, but I mean, Johnny football couldn't even play at the NFL level. So, 
I'm definitely going to stick up for Kyler on that, certainly. Yeah, yeah, he's had some moments. You're still buying into Kyler. You think he could be turned around with the right situation. Well, I don't think he's been that any kind of like gigantic disappointment. I mean, he did take the team to the playoffs last year, and yeah, he really struggled in the playoff game. So, you know, he's not flawless. I mean, he's a notch below the elite quarterbacks, but – you know, if the Cardinals were going to put him on the market, there's still going to be a lot of teams that would want to trade for him. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, the, the league has lost Frank Reich, but the Seahawks and Bucks are going to the old third Reich to play. Yep. I had to use that segue. Uh, what, what, what intrigues you about the game in Germany this week? Well, certainly Seattle has been, um, an amazing story. I mean, to to think that they would be leading the NFC West at this point, to think Geno Smith would be doing as well as he's doing. I mean, it's a fantastic coaching job by Pete Carroll. They've had a great rookie class highlighted. Of course, we've talked about Kenneth Walker before, uh, the outstanding running back out of Michigan State. And now they play a Buccaneers team that might have an opportunity to fully come back to life here. I mean, they were granted a gift. Uh, you know, the Rams were very conservative at the end of uh, last week's game and Tampa got the ball and Brady took him down for one of his patented game winning scores. So I think you're talking about a Seattle team that certainly, you know, has been great. They're going to be a big part of the playoff race and everything like that. And now you have Tampa in a division that's weak enough that enables them to find their footing. And they may very well have found it this week. And uh, you know, that's why I think this is going to be a very interesting matchup in a lot of ways. Uh, certainly at this point, I think all of the normal Seahawks you would play, Walker, Metcalf, Lockett, and Geno, uh, certainly good to go. Maybe a little bit weary of the Seattle defense this week now that Tampa has found their footing. Uh, should be decent games, I think, for Brady and Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. One interesting story to watch at Tampa, Rashad White, Rookie running back has been encroaching a little bit more on Leonard Fournette's territory. I mean, for now, Fournette is still the better starter of the two. Uh, but if you can get Rashad White in your league, he's not a bad player to keep around because he may eventually end up taking the lead role in Tampa. The Vikings might not be a major headline grabber, but they keep sailing along, Andy. And this game against the Bills was supposed to maybe tell us something about where they are, although the Bills might have to start the Cougs case, Keenum, we know Josh Allen's iffy at the moment you and I are speaking, but it could be Keenum and Diggs, the old Minnesota miracle tandem, right? Yeah, that alone makes kind of a fascinating story if Case Keenum does go up against his former team. Yeah, Minnesota is probably one of the quietest, uh, you know, teams, you know, in terms of publicity, even though they've been doing so well this year. I mean, they're dominating the NFC North. Uh, you know, they certainly have, uh, you know, gone out and invested in getting even more talent to make a run with the recent trade with Detroit for TJ Hawkinson at tight end. And, you know, I was expecting Hawkinson was going to be eased in slowly. No, they got him heavily involved uh, last week in, in their win over the Washington Commanders. So, uh, you know, Kirk Cousins often gets a lot of flack nationally, but, uh, you know, he is a decent quarterback. And, you know, try to arm him with as much weaponry as you can, because we know he's had some issues in bigger games. But Hawkinson certainly is a nice addition to go alongside all worldwide receiver Justin Jefferson and steady veteran Adam Thielen. And, of course, Dalvin Cook, the great back in the backfield. I mean, Buffalo's defense is tough. I, I still think you should start uh, your mainstays for Minnesota, like Jefferson and Hawkinson and Cook. 
maybe a little bit dicier proposition going with Cousins and Thielen in this one. Uh, as far as Buffalo goes, obviously, as Josh Allen goes, the Bills go. And if he doesn't play, I think it greatly increases Minnesota's chances of winning the game. I know common sense analysis there. I'm not telling you uh, things that you probably don't know. But as far as the fantasy impact of Keenum going into the lineup, I think Diggs is still very much trustable because he is Buffalo's number one receiver. And those two obviously have a built-in chem- chemistry. But the peripheral elements of the Buffalo passing game, like Gabe Davis and Dawson Knox at tight end, I think become much shakier. Maybe they'll give a little bit more of a load to Devin Singletary in the backfield, but they did just trade for Naeem Hines from Indianapolis. They also have James Cook, uh, who's, of course, uh, got family ties with Dalvin Cook. And so it could be maybe a little bit of a three-headed monster in the backfield. If Allen starts, obviously, you know, you, it changes everything for the Buffalo players. But if he doesn't start, uh, I think you're probably just looking at starting digs uh, for the Bills. I mean, Keenum is certainly a capable backup quarterback. And, you know, you and I, I mean, obviously, you know, being Cougar fans, love the guy. I mean, he's a great guy and everything like that. But he's certainly a downgrade from Josh Allen. I had a chance to watch a lot of that Jets-Bills game with no Texans this week. The Jets' defense, very impressive. Very impressive against, you know, any, anytime you can do what they did against the Bills, I think that's that's really good. Yeah, and and that defense could very well carry the Jets to the playoffs. It's certainly an improbable playoff berth. Uh, the, the only thing I would worry about with the Jets is given, you know, their offensive limitations, if a team can simply get to 21 to 21, 21 to 24 points, uh, they can potentially beat New York. But, yeah, Robert Sala, Robert Sala is doing a heck of a job uh, coaching the Jets. Yeah, I'm not surprised. That, that seemed like a good hire at the time. So let's go to the Cowboys and the Packers, which would usually be a big showdown. But the Packers are a mess right now. Yeah, they are truly awful at this point. I think we've gotten to the point in Green Bay where Aaron Jones and Alan Lazard basically are about the only usable players in fantasy. This is a terrible match up against a great Dallas defense uh, you know I mean for years Aaron Rodgers uh, you know carried fantasy teams and now he's sinking them so I, I would definitely not play him and we've talked I think before obviously AJ Dillon an extremely disappointing player I think Green Bay thought this year that they would be able to lean on their two backs and you know hopefully Rodgers could ease in a new group of receivers it's the incumbent Lazard who has really been the only uh trusted weapon for Rodgers, especially with Randall Cobb out. Uh, you know, Dallas, I think, should go into Lambeau and and win this game without too many problems. Uh, could be another decent week for Tony Pollard. Uh, when we last saw the Cowboys, he was torching the Bears uh, back in week eight when uh, Zeke Elliott missed the game. Zeke is supposed to be back this week, but um, he's not exactly been practicing in full. So, um, you know, could be also decent days, of course, for Dak Prescott. And C.D. Lamb, uh, Dalton Schultz seemed to get going again, the tight end, who's a favorite target of Prescott. So uh, all systems go for the Cowboys as they're going to try to track down the Eagles in the East. Yeah, if your name is Dalton Schultz, I think tight end's probably your position. That's a good way to go. Uh, Chargers and Niners, they're kind of like two mystery meat teams. Do you have any idea what you're going to get with either one of them right now? Well, right now, the, the Chargers aren't operating at full strength without uh, Mike Williams, and it's possible Keenan Allen may not go this week as well. So that has taken away a lot of their firepower. Austin Eckler's been amazing. I mean, he's on a 
real terror right now and, and just having another phenomenal season. But uh, Justin Herbert's fantasy stock has certainly dropped uh, without those weapons. Josh Palmer stepped up in the win over Atlanta. He had a nice game with over 100 yards receiving. Is probably the best option uh, in fantasy right now of the other of the targets in Los Angeles. Gerald Everett can certainly give you a start at tight end if needed. But uh, right now, the 49ers just are much more loaded. They should be getting Debo Samuel back. We all saw McCaffrey's last game against the Rams, which was just, you know, uh, I mean, what more can you say? He did it all in that game. He threw a touchdown pass. He caught a touchdown pass. He ran for a touchdown. Uh, you know, Brandon Ayuk has been playing very well. And, of course, George Kittle at tight end. I mean, uh, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo uh, has got enough weapons that that's going to propel him into, uh, you know, probably maybe low-end QB1 territory, definitely high-end QB2. I mean, his ceiling often lacks, but his floor looks pretty strong right now with that supporting cast. I, I think San Francisco is probably going to take this game, and, uh, you know, it's probably not an ideal thing for the Chargers because then they're going to have to come back and play the Chiefs. But uh, I, I just see San Francisco with that offense right now uh, being able to take care of the Chargers. And the Texans say, you're welcome, Austin Eckler. Uh, we, we we tried to get your season going, and obviously we got it all going. Uh. <laughs> yeah, they sure did. That was that was the first game of, of many now that he's had that have been uh, really strong. The undefeated Eagles, the Texans passed opponent here, get the commanders this week. Is there any hope for Washington outside of uh, selling the team, which is probably the biggest hope for Washington right now? This week, no, I, I don't really see any hope for the commanders in this one. I mean, this is not really a, a great matchup, but we, you know, with the Eagles being undefeated, you know, certainly need to keep attention on them. Uh, the, the group that thrashed the Texans uh, last week should probably do very well against the commanders. Uh, you can certainly start Terry McLaurin for Washington. Uh, maybe Antonio Gibson and Brian Robinson, but uh, right now, I mean, yeah, I'd say it's probably going to be a pretty solid victory for Philadelphia. You know, they're at home, and they did a number on Washington earlier this year on the road, although there were a lot of Eagle fans that uh, crept into the stadium that day. As I told my friends from Philadelphia, I got a couple of buddies that were rooting for the Phillies. One of them, you know, a guy named Ron Steinhilber that we both went to school with at Missouri, I said, good luck to the Eagles because uh, I got nothing against them and I, I hope they have a good season. One last thing I want to ask you about, what what do you make of Justin Fields and what he's doing? He looked like a mess against the Texans. Are, are you buying what's going on with him recently? Oh, yeah, I, I definitely am. I mean, something really changed uh, as the season has gone on in Chicago. Uh, I, I think early in the season, they were just hesitant to let him do anything. And now they've turned him loose. He actually had his coming out party, ironically enough, against the Patriots. Um, he did well against Dallas, even though they have a strong defense. And, of course, he just totally ripped apart Miami this week. He's got Detroit and Atlanta the next couple of games. So certainly the good times should go on with Justin Fields. I mean, he's gone from waiver wire fodder in fantasy to now a high-end QB1. So, yeah, and, you know, Chicago did invest in him by going out and, and trading for Chase Claypool, I mean, he has had some inconsistencies, but, you know, it gives them another capable wide receiver that they didn't have joining Darnell Mooney. And then lately they've also gotten some good play from Cole Komet at tight end. They still have those two good running backs in Montgomery and Herbert. 
Uh, and of course, they traded away their two best defensive players. So the great thing right now about Chicago is, is they're going to be involved in a lot of fun games because they're going to have a hard time stopping people. But then at the same time, they can put up a lot of points. So, uh, you know, Fields is going to be in game situations that are going to be perfect for him. Uh, you know, he's going to roll on for the rest of the season, I think. I mean, it, with his rushing ability, he's basically matchup proof at this point. I feel like we needed Justin Fields to come on or some of the one of the young quarterbacks to really come on this year because, you know, you, you have Aaron Rodgers struggling this year, Tom Brady. I mean, I know it's partly what they've got around them, but, you know, some of the old guards, you know, they're closing in on the end and these new guys, you know, we've had some quarterback drafts that have been highly touted, Andy, but they just, you know, you just haven't had the guy that's jumped out at you. I mean, Trevor Lawrence, for instance, but there's been other guys that everybody's been excited about and they just haven't done it. Well, and I think Jacksonville made a deal at the deadline that, you know, should help Trevor Lawrence uh, going forward for next year in, in acquiring Calvin Ridley. Uh, Cause now you got Calvin Ridley and Christian Kirk. You got a couple of good targets to work with there. Uh, you know, and Trey Lance, obviously, I think is somebody that, you know, could be fun to watch if he ever gets healthy or whatever. But yeah, it, it's been very nice to see fields emerge. I mean, there are, you know, a lot of good younger quarterbacks in the league. I mean, Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson. I mean, you may not think of Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes as young guys, but they still are, um, you know, so it, it but fields provides another player. Uh, you know, of that uh, upper echelon. And, you know, getting back to Kyler, he can still do some things. Yeah, Josh and Mahomes, obviously, I mean, they're just, they're, they're, I just consider them mainstays right now. They're that, they've been that good. And let's not forget, uh, Tua's been awfully good in Miami, too. Yeah, Tua's uh, been great. It sure helps to have those weapons, though. It sure is nice to have some guys to get yeah. like that. Well, and, and and of course, obviously, we would be remiss. We've mentioned him earlier, but I mean, you know, Jalen Hurts, obviously, another great young quarterback. Yeah, he's that. That's that's a that's a guy I forgot and should have mentioned him. That's a, he's a good young quarterback that's really come on this show. Well, we so. did kind of mention him just in a different discussion. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Hurts and uh, Fields for sure. Uh, some some hope for the the future quarterbacks and. You know, Lawrence, you just feel like he's going to come on at some point. But uh, uh, let's wrap it up. And if you want to ask Andy some questions or anything NFL related, if you forget, it's at Andy Rio on Twitter. Look for it in the description on YouTube as well. So it's right there. Always a blast, Andy. Can't wait to do it again next week. All right. Sounds good. You're listening to Houston Sports Talk. Hey, you can support the show by subscribing on YouTube and commenting on the videos. Listen to Houston Sports Talk on Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, and Google. Don't forget to tell a friend and share our show on social media. Spread the word, everybody. Thanks for listening.